I'm the second coach ever at Parkview in 44 years. It's been a very consistent uh, message, very consistent discipline in our program for you know over 40 years. So uh, obviously that helps. And being a little bit of a small town atmosphere, mm-hmm. you know, it's known from a young age that this is what you're going to have to do. Hello and welcome to Ahead of the Curve. I am Jonathan Gellner, and thank you so much for being here. This episode is presented to you by Baseball Cloud, the official voice of data. Baseball Cloud's revolutionary software platform brings to life the numbers captured by TrackMan and FlightScope. This provides colleges, players, and facility owners around the world a turnkey product, allowing them to analyze their data using key metrics and custom visualizations on one intuitive user interface. Go to BaseballCloud.com to find out how you can have your own data analytics department for your program. Data has a story to tell, and Baseball Cloud gives it a voice. In this episode, I welcome Chan Brown, head coach at Parkview High School. Parkview had a wildly successful 2018 season, winning the 7A Georgia State Championship and finishing number one in the country, according to Baseball America. During our discussion, Chan walks us through his typical summer and fall training practice procedures. He also walks us through his team's developmental program, which starts at six years old. And Coach Brown graciously gives us plenty of useful advice to not only help shape fantastic players, but also to make great people out of the young man he trains. Here is Chan Brown. Coach Brown, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. I appreciate you having me. Of course, of course. And, uh, you know, we planned on meeting at the ABCA, but got caught up in the storm of thousands of baseball coaches. And, and I, I actually, I did get to see you. I don't even know if I got to shake your hand, but uh, we had planned on getting together. And, and I'm really excited to, to get you on the mic today and to get to hear what you guys are doing with your program. We've gone over a bunch of different stuff and really excited for what you're going to bring to the table today. No, I'm crazy excited about being here with you today. And, you know, I'm sorry we didn't get to hook up in the ABCA as much as we wanted to. And, you know, the ABCA is just an unbelievable experience for everybody. And there's so many people that you want to uh, chit-chat with and uh, get some knowledge or just say, hey, you know. And so it's a great experience for everybody. Absolutely. And, you know, I wanted to start with congrats on the national championship. And, you know, I just want to know, and and I'm sure you'll direct it to the players because, you know, we've talked about it before, but I want to know what made that team so special. Well, you know, I mean, as far as the team goes, it, it was a fun year and a hard year. Um, you know, a pretty talented group. We uh, ended up with eight guys going to college, no matter if it was um, D1 all the way down to JUCO on that team as far as seniors go. And, you know, we went through a rough patch. We uh, started off a little iffy and um, the pressure of being uh, number two in the nation and, and number one in the state kind of got to the players and uh, we had to work through some things and you know, it got to the point where uh, we had to have a sit-down meeting, uh, our coaching staff with a shit out one day, and uh, that was about mid-season. At that point, we had we had lost uh, five games, I guess. Typically, we don't do that a whole lot by then, and um, you know, we just sat down and hashed it out. And at that point, we came together, and at that point, we uh, we were pretty hard to beat because the, the chemistry and the love amongst that team and the coaching staff uh, after that meeting. Do you mind expanding on what you guys kind of talked about? Because I've never been a head coach before, and, and I've been a part of those meetings. And so you're, you know, you're the leader of the team, and, and you're the guy that everybody looks to whenever you know people are, or whenever your team is is not performing in a way that, that you want them to. So what is it? What does a typical meeting like that look like? Well, you know, we we had everybody in the locker room 
I did my spill. I had uh, some quotes, some books, some uh, the Bible, and everything else. And we and I, I did my spill, and I allowed every kid to uh, say what they needed to say, no matter to the coaching staff or to the players or the team, however they wanted to reference that. And um, you know, it was just a thing that uh, there were some people that weren't on the same page as the as the coaching staff, and we just needed to hash some things out. And once that got hashed out, we we moved forward and. Uh, we only lost uh, another one more game. So, and uh, obviously we went on to win state and win our third national championship since 2012. And so that, that's been a, a fun ride for us. And uh, these kids, the senior group, they won the state championship as a ninth grade group too. So these seniors left. Some of them left with two uh, two rings. So it was really cool for them. No, absolutely. And that's uh, it, it's it's fun to hear stories like that because it's. You don't get I I like if I didn't work with you I did I wouldn't get to see that part of the program but it's really cool that that was that you would point to that as kind of your your point and and turnaround of the season. Yeah, it really was. I mean, you know, we we had uh we had some games that we looked like uh world beaters and we had a couple games that just wasn't characteristic part of baseball and and like I said, we it was this time for us to sit down and uh kind of hash it out and we did and and at that point everybody came out on the same page and yeah, it, it was a great thing. Uh, it was a great thing for uh, the young men to grow up a little bit too, mm-hmm. and uh, understand not just the baseball side of it, but life. Understanding that nothing comes easy. You got to work at it and, and put, you know, everything about getting uh, how much you put into it, getting getting that out of it. So, and uh, you know, it was just a great thing for our program. To be honest with you. Oh, for sure. And and again, I love hearing about that. But let's go ahead and go to let's flash forward a little bit a couple months down the road and you guys are showing up for you know fall camp or whatever you'd like to call it the off season and uh you just won a national championship and you won a state championship and you graduated you said eight guys that went on to play in college so what did you guys really focus on this fall and and just kind of run through some things if you don't mind we've run a pretty intensive uh intense off season, to be honest with you. So I, I have every baseball player at 115, which we called seventh period. It's, the class is called advanced uh, fitness, but uh, so I have every baseball player. So we have 53 of them together at 115 every single day, you know, Monday through Friday. So we, at that point in August, when they show back up in August 5th, um, you know, obviously we've already done the summer ball type deal and, and summer ball, we used to stay together as a team and go to play in the perfect games and everything else and mm-hmm. play local teams. But it just got to be a thing that, um, you know, I didn't think the kids were getting, uh, seen enough. So I talked to SEC schools, ACC schools, and they, they told us that if we had a quad, they come every day. And it was a thing that I wanted our kids to, to be seen. So we went to a nine to 12 every Tuesday, Wednesday, we have two hours on the field and an hour in the weight room. And that's the entire program during the summer, oh, cool. uh, the whole month of June. And then July is optional um, as far as that. And that takes us into August about, we started school August 5th this past year. So from August 5th to September 5th, we lift uh, from one one thirty to three every day. Uh, we go really, really heavy uh, for a month get a, get a good foundation back for them, you know, when they've broken their body down a little bit during summer ball. So when we get to September 5th, we, we go to three days a week and we do, uh, we go to do a pool workout. We do plyometrics. We do the actual swim. Uh, they do push outs. They do, uh, swings underneath the water. Uh, they do a mixture of things. We've done that for the last eight years, something that I came up with and I, we, 
go to the local pool and we do that twice a week and um, about an hour, hour and 15 minute workout. And uh, so that's been really, really good for us after uh, lifting for five days a week, kind of elongate some muscles. So at that point, that takes us, we do that for 10 sessions. Uh, and so that takes us into October. And at that point, we've, for the last 11 years, we hire Hammersmith, which is a speed and agility um, that's local around here. And they come in every Tuesday and Thursday and do uh, 20 sessions with our kids all the way from October to January 1st or really January 4th, I guess, this year. And uh, they go from 130 to 3-2. And, and so, you know, pretty intense program. You know, the kids are really um, disciplined as far as the weight room goes. And, and that's huge for us. You know, in my opinion, if you're not in the weight room, you're not getting any better right now in this day and age. So, you know, and then when we get into uh, late October, that's when we start four-on-one. That's the state, the state of Georgia allows us four players for one coach. Okay. And so you know, we do uh, a lot of four-on-one stuff there and um our throwing program we actually after jupiter after the perfect game jupiter we uh make our guys take a a month off of throwing so our throwing program normally starts the monday after thanksgiving and then we start bullpens the day after christmas so that gives all our guys about four bullpens before we start our tryouts which this year was january 14th you know so off season wise it's pretty uh that's pretty pretty much our routine yearly and uh it's worked really really well for us oh i love hearing about that and and I, again it's it this uh i love this podcast because i get to see what you guys are doing in the off season whenever you know i are we doing things right or are other people doing doing things different and and something that we've had internal discussions about as well because we have a summer ball program in june and we've had uh internal discussions about just training them all summer because most of them play ball elsewhere so it's it's really neat to to be able to hear you guys say that and is that something that that has really benefited you guys in in the last couple of years okay i think we've been doing it for three years now i think it's uh really good for from an individual standpoint it's okay. able you know you're not uh not really in a time restraint per se and you're able to kind of break down the bits and pieces and you know the the uh nuts and bolts of the infield you know, the outfield, whatever it might be, catching and really work on and focus on certain things just on that day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that maybe in the season that you just can't break it down like that every single day. And, and so, and from a hitting standpoint, and, and I, I think it really benefits our guys from, uh, being able to lift still, uh, for that hour in summer ball when they're still right. playing and trying to be seen for college. Um, but it, it's really allowed us a little bit more individuality, um, as far as, coach per you know one coach to a player and um so that that's really worked well for us no that's definitely something that that i'm gonna read up more on and the the last thing that we want to do is we we don't want to lift all year and then when they get the summer ball not let them have the opportunity to do so and to lose a lot of the stuff that we had already gained anyways and we're always griping about our kids losing weight and and i i truly think that's a big part of it but you t- you've mentioned a couple times that you you guys have been extremely successful uh, since you took over the hand. Would you say 2012? Uh, you guys have won three national championships since then. Yeah, I won four state championships since 2011. Okay. Uh, we have seven total state championships, and then we have three national championships since 2012. And you know the cool cool fact about this is 
I'm the second coach ever at Parkview in 44 years. Oh, wow. uh, coach Hubie Cannon was there before for myself, and I was his assistant for a couple of years, and then before I was lucky enough to take over. So, you know, it's been a very consistent uh, message, very consistent discipline in our program for you know over 40 years. So, uh, obviously, that helps. And being a little bit of a small town atmosphere, mm-hmm. you know, it's known from a young age that this is what you're going to have to do. Oh, very cool. And uh, and that that almost never happens. Two guys in 40 years and and so uh, what I'm leading to is you guys are so successful every year, and so there's that there's that drive to to be able to do so. And you mentioned that it's a small town feel, that it it is something that they're growing up knowing that that they're going to be they're going to try and be successful in baseball because that's what the culture is. But how do you find that fine line between between hey we are we know we're going to be successful or that's that's the goal every single year and we're going to have those high expectations to uh, having a team that expects it. Uh, and so, uh, again, and the reason I ask is Union's coming off a 2018 state championship, and so we're, we are constantly talking about, hey, that's last year. Hey, this is this is not that team and, and things like that. So, so I'm interested to hear uh, your perspective on that. You know, I think you benefit from mentioning last year a little bit here and there of remembering how things were and how things got to the point where you were able to win a championship and how hard of a ride and how much luck you had to have in the same sentence. And, you know, it's just a thing that the tradition of our program last, the state championship, we had 28 X players in our dugout um, sitting on the bench. And so, you know, it's a thing that is passed down from year to year, the tradition, the expectation, uh, the expectation of our community uh, for our program. You know, if we, don't go to the final four or state championship. Honestly, it's a letdown for our community too. And so there's a drive there from a young age that this is what they want. This is, you know, this is what they've been built to be per se. And, um, you know, and it's worked well for us. I mean, everybody's lucky enough to, to, um, have that year, year out. You know, I've been, uh, my first head job was at Elbert County, uh, Georgia, right near Athens. And, you know, I built a program there per se, it's a lot different feel when you're building it. And then when the expectation is where it is at Parkview every single year, mm-hmm. it's about guiding it and coaching it the right way and, and understanding the, um, the players and, and all the facets that go into that. Well, that's awesome. And so you've got, say, say you've got some new freshmen, sophomores coming in and, and you're trying to teach them about that culture. What are some things that you guys are really intentional about and, and how do you go about teaching it? The culture thing for us starts at uh, age six, to be honest okay. with you. Uh, I have a tra- I have a travel program called Meridian Panthers. Perfect. Uh, last year's senior class was with us for 10 years. So it's a thing that, you know, I don't do a travel program in high school because of this, but we do eight, an age six and seven developmental league. And so that means they play rec league for three, three weeks. And then every third week in the entire league's off besides that travel team hmm. for six, seven years. And then our eight and through fourteen U is um, is strictly major travel. And so, but the thing, the cool thing about that is myself, one of my infield coaches, Dustin Klein, and one of my uh, my head JV coach, Mark Lowry, we we do a twelve week session deal in the fall. And so we do six weeks of defense with the kids at Parkview, and then we take a week off, and then we do six weeks of offense with them. And so they they know our coaching staff, they know our facility. They know the expectation. They see all the signage. They see all the rings, everything, you know, from age six on. And so the culture is kind of built from from that point on. 
you know, and and it's a really cool thing to to watch and and those kids coming, um, you know, those kids coming up watching and wanting to be that guy. You know, last year uh, Logan Cerny, he's at Troy now. He was real big for us. Hit uh, seven home runs in the playoffs. And the cool thing about it, after state championship, seeing seven to eight little kids that are eight, nine, ten years old mm-hmm. looking up to him, wanting to take a picture with him, and and that's what they want to be. And so, you know, I think that's a drive for us and our community. So. It's been a cool uh, experience for for myself to be able to develop that program, and and then it leads into ours. No, that is absolutely uh, phenomenal, and so that's uh, that that is really really cool. I don't I don't I don't know how else to put that. And and you're really training them with your standards and your culture from that early of an age. And so basically, once they get there, hey, it, they they know what's go. It's just go time. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, and I mean, honestly, you know, I used to be a football coach too. And, mm-hmm. uh, I honestly kind of looked at the model that old school Valdosta high school was the, they won state championship after state championship, but, and they, they did that from the same Senate. They, they ran the same offense as, as little league teams started, you know, at eight, six. And by the time they got to high school, you know, it's, um, they get it and they understand what's supposed to happen. And, mm-hmm. and so I kind of took that mentality and, you know, and I, and I kind of ran with it. No, that's that's how you develop sustained success or sustained excellence, I guess, if if you want to call it. And that's something, man. That's that's really cool. I don't know why more more programs don't do that. Well, you know, and, and it's, it's it's probably uh, not easy though time. either. You know, it, it's, it's it's very very time consuming. You know, I have I'm lucky. I have a ten uh, year old son and and a thirteen year old son. They're involved in that program right now. And and the cool thing about it is teaching. Uh, so from six U to ten U, it's dad's coaching, and mm-hmm. so they we we make them come out to all these sessions. So they're learning just as much as the kids do, and so they're when they go to practice, we're asking them to do everything we do uh, age appropriate, you know. Sure. And then uh, once they hit 11, 12, 13, 14, it's all paid coaches that they understand our program and and so and understand our expectation, and and so you know it's a great process for us. Cool. Uh, another thing that that we really don't get to see much in other programs, and that's that's really their rules and their standards and and how they, I don't, want, I, I guess, enforce is a uh, is a maybe a, a little bit of a harsh term, but let's just say how they teach their young men how to abide by the rules and the standards of the program. So, uh, what's that for you guys? Well, you know, and I'll go back to the pro- the the travel program. They hear the same thing, but you know, the high schoolers they're gonna they're all gonna hear the same thing. We have some a lot of signage around our our uh, dugout, our okay. locker room, and you know, the biggest biggest term they're gonna hear every single day is do the right thing all the time, and that's on the field, off the field, no matter if you're at your house or or at a skating rink or at a movie theater. You know, if you're representing, uh, you got to represent your family first, and then Parkview baseball, and and do make sure you're doing that in the right way. Uh, all the time, and you know, and I mean, we talk about uh, in order. You know, it's about God, it's about family, it's about our you know school, and it's about our baseball, and and those that order. It's about being a student too. And when I mention that school part, you'll see a sign in our dugout if you come. It talks about in order, in this order, be a great person, be a great student, be a great teammate, and that leads to being a great player. Mm, and good. so, you know, that that's a huge thing for us there. You know, each year I do a senior dinner. Um, at my house, I cook every senior, every coach a steak and baked potato salad, and we have a great meal together. And then we go in my basement, and that's when that senior class is able to tell us what their motto is for that year. And this year's motto came from a little bit of last year, but this year's senior motto is "Be the Roar," and that came from 
uh, the Ole Miss coach, he, he did a little thing before, like he does every game, talked to a thing about how uh, the Lions, uh, when, they, when they're hungry, they go after, after the gazelles. And so what they do is put the young, youngest uh, and the loudest uh, lion, and they go in the front of the gazelles. And when he roars, the gazelles run the other way, and all the, the, lead, the leaders of the lions on the older ones and the wiser ones are in the, in the back. And so the gazelles run, run in straight into them and then all the lions feast. And so, uh, that's a huge thing that our kids loved it last year. And this junior, I mean, as juniors, they, they said that's what they wanted their motto. Oh, that's and that's cool. what they came back to, you know, something that, that I'm doing this year. We, I, I kind of, I'm a Clemson guy. I really like following Dabo, but you know, this year his word was joy. Uh, I kind of bought into that. So this year is going to sound corny uh, to some people, but our kids are already buying into it. But we, we, our words can be love, and but we're going to have a three, three worded head per se. And the first one's going to be love, the second one's going to be loyalty, and the third one's going to be leader, leadership. And and what why the way I explained it was if everybody in our in our program loves each other, then they're going to be loyal to each other. And then when that guy's trying to be a leader of them then it's all going to come together. So that, that's really working well for us already this year. But, um, you know, those are some things that, uh, that we do. So it sounds like you're in constant yeah. communication with basically all of your players about all of those things. Yeah, and I am. And, you know, and it's, I'm, I'm lucky to be able to get them every day in mm-hmm. class, you know. And, and so we have we have a five, ten-minute session every day about, you know, it might be a Bible verse, it might be a quote, per se, from me. And we're going to talk about, doing the right things on and off the field, you know, don't be that guy that's going to be the, be the mistake maker per se, mm-hmm. you know? And then the other thing is, um, we do a player packet and that player packet, it's about 30 pages has a player contract. And in that there's a, our County drug and alcohol policy. And the same thing, it tells them, uh, basically, uh, how to put their shoes on, how to put their socks on all the way to how to talk to the media understanding showcases these days uh you know and so we add to it every year and we might take away some some of those things and then the cool thing that that we started this year i had a vision this uh summer i wanted to do a leadership class and so i gave it to three of my assistants um knowing that i wouldn't have the time to run it all the time and research it um and those three assistants so we met every wednesday for an hour after we got done in the weight room and they did a leadership class and um it, we ended up with 16 sessions and we got so much out of that. It was awesome. I mean, our kids bought into it. They had to keep a notebook. Our guys gave them handouts every week. And so that notebook is in their locker. And, and so leadership is something that we are really, really trying to enforce and, and, you know, talk about and, and not just being having one big leader, but having a bunch of leaders on our team being on the same page. Oh, definitely. And you go from having, I don't know the amount of assistant coaches that you've got, but from that to we can grow to 20 to 30 assistant coaches. And, and that's something that I'm trying to put a lot of ownership on the kids, especially this year. And, and honestly trying to uh, get out of the way more often and let them teach themselves and, and not taking the, the coaching, the art of coaching out of it. But if I'm doing my job, which is clear and concise communication within their small groups and, and just, just taking the hitting side in general and, and, ex- and thoroughly explaining exactly how, uh, we want to do things and setting it up in an environment to allow them to do so there should have, we should have 20 to 30 assistant coaches instead of just, you know, one or two uh, hitting guys, if that makes sense. 
No, and I and I agree, you know, and I mean it's the thing, our senior class is really doing a great job right now with our guys. Um mm-hmm. and you know, it kind of took it out, of my, out the words out of my mouth, but we, we are big on talking to players about taking ownership and that's kind of a tradition. And that tradition is passed down from year to year for us, even to the point of it's a huge deal when the seniors do their last will thing of senior night at our at our games is they pass on their locker and their number to the next you know the next guy that's cool. and you know we keep we have magnets uh locker names and so every name that's been in that locker since i started and beyond be honest with you we kind of went back and looked of who was in each locker and so you know our number one pitcher per se gets one lock you know he he it kind of gets passed down to the next guy and and there's such a tradition in that and you look at those magnetic names you know now they're we're at about 10 10 magnetic names in each locker and it just spells out tradition and the expectation so it's pretty cool to see that that is very cool and uh, and again you, you guys are are very talented every year and i'm sure there's a lot of competition within each position group and and uh, and obviously healthy competition because you know, you want to be the guy. If you and I are competing, then I'm I'm going to want to beat you. But how do you guys integrate competition into your practices, and and how do you make that a staple uh, in them? All right, we every every year, no matter. Uh, I probably started this about seven years ago. All three all three teams practice together. Oh, cool. Uh, for at least at least uh, at the beginning of the season, pretty much every day for at least an hour, hour and fifteen minutes, hour and hour and thirty minutes. They're gonna. Um, do our three, uh, you know, our D drill series, our individual series, and our defensive package. They're going to do all together, and so the culture, the competition there is brought up all the way since ninth grade, all the way to senior. Because like if we do what we call our white, our white series, um, the varsity's going to go out, go out there and do it, and then the JV's going to go out there and do it, mm-hmm. and then the ninth grade's going to go out there and do it, and that's an infield series for us. You're going to make every throw that you would make in a game. And the varsity sitting there cheering on the ninth grade and the ninth grade sitting there uh, scared to death, but it breeds competition, to be honest with you. And then the, the expectation of the program there really, really comes out. Again, the older players leading the, the younger players. And um, you know, like you said, it, it allows you to have more assistant coaches because that senior mm-hmm. class understands that. You know, And then the, the other competition for, stuff for us is game-simulated stuff. We do everything we do we we try to do a game speed and game simulated um, type atmosphere. You know, right now uh, we just got done with tryouts this week, but we've already scrimmaged twice. So we're going to scrimmage two to three times a week uh, to make sure our pitchers get their work in, uh, not just in a bullpen series, but uh, in a competitive environment as hitters. And so right now they're, they're split up amongst uh, what we call an orange team and a blue team. And we've had some awesome scrimmages and this competition and they you know people uh wanting to win those games already and then um the other thing is we always practice varsity and jv together so the 10th graders that are on jv they're understanding that they have to you know per se go hard we expect them to to challenge our varsity so our varsity is ready for a varsity game and what that does is uh each 10th grade class every year you know, they understand, they get the, the, the game speed of a varsity game. And then when they play JV games, uh, sometimes it's almost easy for them, to be mm-hmm. honest with you. Right. Um, so, you know, that, that that's a cool thing for that. And then the other thing, we, we're big on 21 out. You know, sometimes we'll let each team hit go through twice and hit. 
And sometimes we do it an old way, 21 outs, where, you know, you, you get exactly 21 outs and air takes the, takes one of the outs back and that type of deal. And that's very competitive for us. And then, you know, the, the other thing that we get to the point of right before the season is we, we throw uniforms on them every Saturday and scrimmage and it's starters versus role players. And, you know, that we'll, we'll, if a starter's not getting it done that day, we'll go tell them to put on the other uniform and, hmm. and that role player go put, put the other uniform on. And all of a sudden, you know, people know you got to do your job. And, um, you know, some people might say that's harsh, but it really isn't. You, you know, you're teaching life there too. You know, you got to show up every single day and make sure you do what you're supposed to do. All of that. And there's so much to really unpack there. And how many, how many players total in your program? And do you guys have tryouts? So we just got done with tryouts. Okay. Uh, we do tryouts for varsity and JV Monday through Thursday, and then okay. we pick a team. Uh, so uh, Monday is a testing day for us. We uh, are we do a running test, which is home to first, and then we do uh, uh, test that's uh, 15 foot off first base and 15 foot off second, and so it's basically where you would lead and where you would start sliding okay. on a steal. And then we do a 40 yard turn, which is uh, 30 feet off of second and 30 feet uh, off of home, and we got a lot of that stuff from USA baseball where I've done, you know, I've worked with them for a long time and so did coach Buchanan. And then we do a 60 and then our throwing test, we do a throwing test and a hitting test on those Mondays. And then we hit BP. And then, um, Tuesday is a uh, deal that we practice for about an hour and a half. And then we scrimmage 10, 10 inning scrimmage. And then Wednesday is a, is a VP practice day. And then Thursday is a little bit of a practice and then another scrimmage. And then we make cuts and then we, we start that ninth grade tryout on that Thursday too before we start, and they get they get three days also. But uh, so we we just picked all teams. We have a little bit bigger number than we normally do. We had some ninth graders uh, come out that are new to the school, and so mm-hmm. we added a couple. So we're at fifty six players for three teams right now. Okay, I got gotcha. you. And that's... you know that's some of that's POs and sure. uh, that type of stuff too. Sure, sure. I was just trying to get a get an idea of what we're working with because you're you're mentioning that you guys have practice varsity and JV together and, and that's you guys have a lot of players on the field we do we do and I mean it, it's uh you know if you come watch our our practice nobody's standing around you know we we don't sit around um it's very structured and disciplined and organized and um you know we're we're getting after it pretty much as long as we're on the field so um you know I'm very lucky with varsity and JV we got six six coaches I have nine coaches in my program that's gonna sound like a lot but Mm-hmm. When on a day that all three three teams are playing, I want three coaches with each team, right. and uh, you know, and so so that's important to me. Our county only pays for three coaches out of the supplement, so our booster club pays for the rest. And gotcha. so you know, we're fortunate to uh, to be a prominent uh, booster club, and we we raise a good bit of money just to uh, to pay coaches. To be honest with you. Well, that's cool, and. So do you have any ideas on uh, fundraising? Like what, what are your couple big fundraisers that you guys do? Um, so our fundraising thing has been, uh, we used to run a thing called the Parkview Shootout. And we, when I uh, first got to Parkview as an assistant and I took over that tournament, um, we had 160 to 162 teams for five straight years. And then the perfect games of the world and everything else came and travel ball started taking over. So we're, we're down, we still run a Parkview shootout, but we're down to about 35 teams and mostly JV night grade teams. Okay. Uh, so we used to make a lot of money off that. Uh, but now we do, we do a, uh, point set and a greenery sale that we make a good bit of money off of. We make about $25,000 off that. Each oh. kid has to sell 40 items. Okay. Um, and then 
we have a what's really become huge for us is uh, our golf tournament. Our golf tournament, we had um, fifty six foursomes this past year, wow. and so you know you you think about fifty six foursomes that that's uh, a ton of golfers. So we we're on a big golf course, and that's a huge fundraiser for us. And then uh, we sell Christmas trees, and then we we do do a player's fee. Uh, that player fee covers all their cloth that they're going to wear outside of outside the baseball field as far as sweats and shorts and things like that. And, you know, and I'll be the first person to tell you, we live in a prominent area that money is not an issue on a yearly basis. And then you, you uh, are finding sponsors for certain kids. And um, it's a, it's a great experience for us. And, and, you know, the Parkview community, the Lilburn community really, really gets behind us and supports us because uh, we've been lucky to be successful. Let me take a few seconds to tell you guys about OnBaseU. OnBase University is an organization that studies how the human body moves in baseball and softball. They offer certification seminars that teach coaches, trainers, and medical professionals how to assess an athlete's physical ability to perform movement patterns that are specific to hitting and pitching. For example, they just put up a blog post on their website, onbaseu.com, that discussed why hip internal rotation is important in hitting and how they evaluate it with their OnBaseU screen. If you want to learn more about OnBaseU, I did a podcast with the OnBaseU founder, Dr. Greg Rose, episode 78, and he talked about how he modeled the screen after golf assessments that he created for TPI. They are hosting pitching and hitting seminars in Phoenix, Newark, and Houston over the next few months. I will be attending one soon, and I hope to see you there. Yeah, that's fantastic. And you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, and that's that's uh, you're you're talking about practice planning. I'd love to hear your process of uh, how you plan your practices, and 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 really, let's start in particular. Of do you guys get together as a coaching staff after practices to plan the next one? Is that a one day a week thing, or do you just kind of construct everything and then send it out, and then uh, just kind of what's your process behind that? Getting it to your coaches, I, I mean. So I, we do a, I put together a notebook that has um, everything that our assistant coaches would need to know. And some of that is them putting, helping me put that together. Like I, I allow that. Um, I allow my guys to coach. I'm okay. not, you know, I, I'm not going to say a whole lot to them uh, after we just have our discussions before the season, uh, unless I see something that I'm going to question maybe later on uh, that night, you know, like, Hey, why, why do we do this today? But we do, I, we put together a notebook and, our infield coaches put their stuff together and we add that to the notebook. I do the hitting stuff. My pitching coach does the pitching coach, you know, stuff and uh, the catcher catching coach does his stuff. And so that's kind of our per se part view baseball Bible that, that we go by. And then I, you know, the tryout system is pretty much uh, the same routine every year, but once practice starts, I email them every morning and say, what do you want in the practice? You know, what do you want? What do you need? And so that helps me construct it a little, a little bit. And then, you know, there's certain ideas that I know that we, the concepts that we need to get across that day. And so I, you know, I put that together. And so, you know, I'm very, very lucky. The staff that we have, I have two guys that have been with me for 10 years. I had three guys on my staff that played for me. Hmm. And so, you know, that whole thing of playing for me, they get it, they get the tradition. Hmm. And so, you know, they're, they're their own little head coaching themselves because they know, what the program is supposed to be doing. And obviously that helps a ton. Well, it's really cool. I, I, again, we, we are within our own staffs and unless you've been a lot of different places, I don't know what that looks like. So thank you for taking us through that. And, and I think that's really cool. So 
does your varsity staff come up with the notebook stuff? Because I'm the more that I interview, yeah. okay, okay, and yeah, that's what it. That, that our varsity staff goes together and you know puts that together, and then I ask them to to do their part, and then they send it to me, and then I you know I put them in notebooks and and then whatever else you know I do a a coaching duty sheet. Mm-hmm. I outline everything that I want that person to do, you know. So there's no ifs, ands, or buts, and that goes all the way from uh, field work, press box before games, handling the umpires, whatever, everybody knows exactly what they are supposed to do because of that coaching duty sheet. You know, and I tell you that that's the whole football thing, uh, honestly. And so, you know, but there's no ifs, ands, or buts. Everybody's on the same page, you know, but the, the camaraderie and the chemistry amongst our staff, we know exactly where everybody is and and what they're doing. And, you know, we can, we can feel a, a bad practice is happening together and, and we can turn turn up it, you know, turn up the intensity a, a little bit, and make sure that that thing turns out right. And then, you know, I tell you, Coach Buchanan still comes around. That's huge uh, for our program. And then we had we have a long, long time uh, assistant that was uh, he still cutting grass for us, but named Roy Massey. We call him Chief. That's tradition. Just walking in the dugout every single day, he comes and watches practice, and the chemistry. Just from him walking in amongst the kids and the coaching staff is a huge thing for us. But he he coached for fifty three years and he was with us for forty. And um, but the community, the ex players, like I said, you know, I've been lucky enough to be here for sixteen years, uh, fifteen as a head coach, and you know, I'm starting to get some of my players' kids come through uh, at eight, six, and seven, and eight, and, and <laughs> that's, awesome. that's an awesome feeling, you know. Yeah. So it, it's pretty cool. That is really cool. And so I'm sitting here thinking too, because we we've got a coaching staff of seven, seven, and so you know complexity of organization leads to ease of execution, and so I I really I I love that, and especially with nine guys, and and I'm just thinking to myself, do you have the varsity guy, especially if there's a new guy coming in, if you've got a guy that's been there, uh, maybe you you talk through some of the things that you're going to update in the notebook. But do you have the varsity guys teach the JV and freshman guys what exactly they're wanting and what the expectations are? Well, yeah, I mean, and so okay. our staff, we're together, like during during varsity tryouts, varsity JV tryouts, our nine credit staffs with us, cool. and so they're going through every drill, every every bullpen, every BP, and and their opinion matters to me. You know, they mm-hmm. might see something that one of us didn't see. Uh, they might be sitting in the dugout and and see a kid might not be the best teammate. And uh, so, you know, they're just as big a part of our staff as, as I am, to be honest with you. Well, that's really, really good, especially with a staff of nine. That's, I've, I was curious of how that works. And, and so uh, we've talked about practice planning a lot. How, uh, kind of walk us through what a typical practice would look like. And, and we're getting into the preseason, and you talked about uh, you guys are scrimmaging quite a bit. But uh, if we didn't, you mentioned that you guys would be together for the first hour or so uh, with all of that different stuff. And would that be continuing until you guys start playing games? Uh, pretty much that continues all year for us. But, oh, cool. Um, you know, our first three weeks, I'm going to be as honest as honest can be. We are a marathon program. Mm-hmm. We practice uh, from 2.30 to 7.30, Monday through Friday. And our Saturdays, our ninth grade and JV come in from 8 a.m. to 1.00. And our varsity comes in from 11 to six hmm. and we're doing something, no matter if it's a classroom session, no matter if it's cage work. And, but we, you know, and then it leads into a BP session or a defensive series session into a scrimmage. And so, you know, we practice the first three weeks a lot. We're not going to cover, you know, we're not going to leave anything uncovered, any stone. You know, we want to make sure that as a coaching staff, 
that we have uh, covered everything and where we're not going to put the kids on a field where they're going to see something or not, you know, they might see something that we haven't covered mm-hmm. and that wouldn't be fair for the kids. And uh, so we're going to try, try our best to do uh, make sure that they are as well prepared as well organized as they can possibly be. And so, you know, a course of a day right now for us, like on Tuesday, you know, varsity JV will practice tomorrow. Um, and we'll actually scrimmage tomorrow because it's supposed to rain on Wednesday, but on a Tuesday, when we come in our ninth grade JV and varsity will stretch together and then they'll throw together and then we'll go into automatic. We'll go into D drills and that's our individual. Uh, so our varsity outfield, our JV outfield and our ninth grade, ninth grade outfield or coach will be together, our infield, our catching, our pitching coach, whatever that might be. And so they're all, uh, hearing the varsity coach, you know, saying what he wants and mm-hmm. expectations. And then that leads us into, we do, uh, 15 to 20 minutes of mass fungo a day. Uh, we're going to take, you know, 15 to 20 minutes of ground balls, fly balls every single day. And then that will lead into what I said. Um, we'll either do a, a blue series, which is based off catchers. Our white series is based off infielders and our orange series is based off outfielders. So there, we're going to do all that together. And then once they, once that is over with, uh, the varsity might go to the softball field or the cages and let, uh, ninth graders, the ninth grade team and the JV team play 21 outs against each other or the ninth grade might leave and the varsity and JV play or we might do a, you know, a circuit like that. And then at that point we let the ninth grade go and then the varsity and JV continues to practice together. But, you know, that, that being in itself, um, it leads back to what we talked about is our older guys being with our younger guys mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, making sure they understand the program per se. Sure. Uh, what's your BP setup look like? So we, we do several, several different types of BP. We do a thing called Panther BP, which we got from Clemson. They call it Tiger BP. So we just made it Panther BP, but it's, um, it is a game simulated BP and you, you can, you have four different rounds, but you can make your rounds anything that you want. It might be a hit and run round. It might be a oppo round. Uh, there's base runners. Uh, there's an outfielder and, uh, you know, everybody is infield and everything. There's a pitcher on the mound. And then the other thing is that one, the first ball is not live. The second ball is live. So you go live, you go not live, live, not live, live. Each of them gets four swings. And then, so the guy, the, the POs are on the field working on fielding balls when it's not live. And then when it's live, the, the fielders are doing it. And uh, we, we got that from Monty Lee, and that's really, really helped us a lot. Uh, we do a 21-out type deal, which I've mentioned. Uh, we just do regular BP type deal, too. That We have a, two groups on defense, one group hitting, one group behind the cage bunny, and one group in the cage, and we'll do a rotation deal. One BP that we do that's different, I think a lot of people don't like to put a T on the field, but, but we do a BP setting that, that we do a T, oppo T, mm-hmm. and we got two mats set up, and then we have also a front toss pull, pull round. And so that really, really helps our program. Uh, our kids really, really like that. Uh, and then we, we do a BP type deal with just a T, and then we do angle BP. And then we gotten big into do, doing double BP. We have when we do double BP, one of them a um, we'll put two cages up. We have a line of screens going down the middle, so the coaches don't get hit. At that point, we're doing one one side is off a machine, throwing as hard as it can, and then the other side is off a coach. And so we really, really like double double uh, BP. 
and that we'll do that 20 minutes per uh per group and so as many hacks as they can get in 20 minutes and uh the kids the kids really really like that part of it too how big are your groups uh normally every now and then we might have a group of five but normally a group of four but now when we do double bp we'll bring two groups together so it's normally about eight guys hitting wow that's a lot of swings yeah and then behind that with double bp we have a sock net and a and a junior hack attack doing bunting too oh cool yeah that's awesome. We actually, uh, so we did something similar and not necessarily with, with the BP setup, but you, you mentioned that you guys practice together and we started a circuit. And so this week, uh, I was, we've got like 10 to 12 guys in each group and it's all three teams combined and it's all the different position groups. And so we set up double, you know, how you set up double BP, we set up double bunt station just because that's one of our, we don't want to take it away during BP. Uh, if we can, if, if we set it up behind like you do. But, uh, but one of our circuits was we're, we're trying to figure out how to you know play the short game a little bit better because we haven't done it in six or seven months. And so we put two machines right next to each other and we're just going toot, 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 and it was pretty good. Well, that's awesome. That's, that's good. And so how we handle that is pre-practice. Okay. We, we have oh, a pre-practice cool. session and it's 20 to 30 minutes depending on the day. And that is uh, if we have a dual guy on Monday, he, he goes with the pitchers. On Tuesday, he'll go with the, the position guys. On Wednesday, he'll go with the pitchers. Because our pre-practice, we're we're working all bunting and base running, and uh, that's strictly you know depending on that day which one we're doing, mm-hmm. and then all the pitchers are doing their dry mechanics, uh, their plyo balls, their bands, things like. And we started that uh, I guess two years ago, and I tell you what, that really really has helped us by doing the pre-practice and and making it important from a bunting standpoint, base running standpoint, mm-hmm. and uh, obviously you know the pitchers getting their work in. Right. And, you know, I've been trying to wrap my head around since basically beginning the podcast on when do we get that stuff in? Because you're talking about base running, extremely important. Arm care, really important. We want to have good arms and then obviously bunning. And so we just, again, we went to the circuit that does all of that before practice and and every single varsity coach gets their hands on every single one of our players in our program, which usually doesn't happen once the season starts. And and that's, uh, no, like, like you mentioned. No, and and again, it's we don't want to take that stuff away from like, but what we had done before, and and it's something that I didn't really like is you take the pitcher from either indie defense or you, especially the two way guys, is what I mean. But you take them from that, or you take them from their hitting groups, and then they would just do enough to be able to go back to what they were trying to do, which is hit or take ground balls, which they love to do. And so, just trying to figure out a way to not have to do that is huge. So I love your pre practice stuff. That's absolutely fantastic. No, the pre. Pre-practice stuff, I tell you what, man, um, it, it's really, really helped our program. And, um, you know, it's the just putting it on the schedule is that and making it important. Uh, it's been really, really good for us. Definitely. Now, do you, you've got such a large team. Do you guys track uh, anything in particular or, or use data? Yeah, from a data standpoint, our, our pitching coach, he, he, I call him Statman, but he <laughs> is, um, he does a lot of things like that. He really kind of, enjoys that side of it you know so that's cool uh for for us but i mean he he does uh our pitching coach he obviously does all our charting during the uh, game but he does a lot of uh, bullpen charts and types that out and gives it to the pitchers after their bullpen the next day and how you know strike percentage hitting spots things like that so that that feedback for our pitchers is huge and they really enjoy that you know our infield coach uh going to this year uh, every day that we do mass fungo, he has our 
TOs that are, might not be uh, doing anything that day. Mm-hmm. They're charting each position by name of if they if it was a positive field or a negative field, and then you know that that's that feedback for them. Uh, we do a quality A B chart, obviously, which everybody does, but you know I, I think that's huge of uh, showing kids that it's not about the average; it's about producing for the team, no matter if it's a bun or a just a hard hit ball or a, a long at bat, whatever that might be, you know, and, and from a, from a stat standpoint, uh, the only time I, I show stats three times a year, uh, when we get done with our scrimmages, because normally we, we have about 14 scrimmages by the time we play our first game. Okay. And so that, you know, after 14 games, you're, you're showing these kids where they are from a stat person per se. And so that that's big for our program. I think it, it, it allows the kids to understand, look, you know, I'm getting it done, but, I need to work on this and I need to work on that. And then about the halfway point, we do that one more time. And then, you know, they don't see a stat ever again until the final, you know, final thing of the year. But we're big on film. We do a lot of film. We do the huddle program. We got, and we do three different camera angles for the pitchers and the hitters. And so those camera angles, each kid is, you know, gives us his uh, email address. And so, they get after the game, it's downloaded, uploaded to the to the huddle thing, and it's sent to their email. And so those kids can see it right away. And then the other thing that huddles allows to do is we're able to track each kid's time, how much time they've been on it. Mm-hmm. So if a kid's not doing very well, you know, and we look at his huddle and he's only been on it for two minutes for that week, we're like, hey, why are you not watching more film? Right. You know, where you can see what you're doing wrong. My, my assistants, uh, I have two assistants that, that do the huddle stuff for us and that, that's been a great deal for us we're actually trying to figure out a uh, filming system right now for our facility more like a d1 type deal mm-hmm. if we can afford that and um you know just to have a little bit better quality oh for sure that's the old football coach coming out and you with huddle okay. oh yeah <laughs> Well, so you, you've mentioned that you've been a been a head coach at least at Parkview for the past fifteen years, and so going back to year one, if you could go back and tell yourself something, you know, what would that something or some things be? Um, I would tell young coaches don't let the scoreboard run them. Okay. I think uh, after coming in, at least at Parkview, I was coming in after a legend that's been in um, you know the BCA Hall of Fame. He's been in uh, our state Hall of Fame and all the above, and I think I took that pressure a little bit farther of thinking I had to win. I had to win. I had to win to show these people that I belong as a head coach. You know, it's hard to come, come in after a legend per se. And, and, and when I, I think about year four at Parkview and that would have been my eighth year as a head coach, cause I was four at, at another place. Okay. I quit letting the scoreboard run me. I, I thought it was, I, I did, uh, you know, it's just a thing that, I said, it's about the team. It's about the kids. It's about this coaching staff. It's about our program. As long as we take care of our business on the field during practice and things like that, um, then wins should come, you know, and I, I don't think I did a good enough job of developing the young men on a daily basis like we do now. Uh, and like I said, I think I let the scoreboard run, run what we did. And, and, you know, I look back and, and I wish I could take that back and, and um, fix that for the kids that were there at the time, to be honest with you. But, you know, the other thing is believe in what you do, believe in what, believe in what your heart says. The other thing in today's world, the parents, we don't discuss playing time. Um, if a parent comes in, we just don't do it. You got to believe in what you do and your kids are there every single day. And, and if you're working hard and showing that you care, they're going to believe in your process. And, 
you know, and, and you show them the love that they want and, and the uh, caring, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to go to war for you. And I think that's highly important, not just why they're there, but you're teaching them life too. And, you know, I, I think that's the biggest thing is uh, relationships of, of what you can have. And you know, I've been lucky enough to go to several, several weddings of ex players and uh, my assistant coach, the coach's first base force, he's an infield guy. You know, I was in his wedding, you know, and he played for me. And, and, and like I said, when you have 20, 25, 28 guys in a, in a dugout that used to play for you, come back, then you know you did did something right. They feel like that place is home. And I think that's highly important that they feel like they can come back no matter good or bad uh, and get advice if they need it or call you or email you or whatever that might be or just come back and like, yeah, man, I was part of this. And, I, I, you know, I think that's huge. You know, it's interesting. And I really love that comment. And so I'm sitting here here thinking to myself this year. I love I, one. I love this. And two, it's you're talking about not letting the scoreboard dictate it. But you guys just won a national championship and four state championships. And so if that's not a realization to myself and to some of the coaches listening that that do that from time to time, then, then I don't know what is. That's awesome. No, and I, I, you know, and like I said, man, I used to let it. I, I used to let that, that scoreboard run me. I used to uh, it used to bother me to the point where you know I I would go to bed and I went to sleep because of it, and uh, you know I just came to the realization that it's not about that. If you do what you're supposed to do on a daily basis, then the win should happen. If you're if you're developing and and just playing, caring for kids and having that relationship every single day, and I heard Butch at the the national clinic like I know my guys. You know, he was talking about how he knew his guys. I might not know the best thing for for your guys, and, mm-hmm. and I think that's important for every program. You got to know what your program is about, your kids are about, and every situation is different. And um, you know, I, I've gotten to the point where I don't care about who we're playing. You know, it, I, I I love talking to the coaches and seeing great players on the other side. But it's about us. It's about how we played, and and if we if we played great and lost, then you know, so be it. That's just baseball. But if we didn't, if we didn't play well and, and we lost and we got to go back to the drawing table the next day and say, look, this isn't us, you know, this isn't how we're built. We're built on, you know, and, and our program, we're built on pitching defense and timely hitting. Mm-hmm. You know, that doesn't mean we don't work on hitting, but uh, we're going to, we're going to make sure that we're going to throw strikes and, and catch and throw the ball, you know? And uh, it's all about development for me now as we're, like I said, when I was younger, it's all about the scoreboard. So development for me is huge from a player standpoint, but more than that, from a person standpoint, you know, make it, make practice hard on them, make, make things hard on where, where they're living and learning from failure. That's going to make them a great person one day. And that, that's, that's huge for me now. Absolutely. And a hundred percent right there with you. And, you know, sticking on the subject of personal development, what's something that you've learned lately that's gotten you excited? So we, we've, um, I'm not a huge book guy just because, like I said, the travel program, everything else <laughs> takes my time. And if I'm not with baseball, I'm going to try to spend as much time with my family as I can. You know, growing up, my my book was Ron Polk's book. You know, I, I thought that was the best thing. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm more a devotional devotional book, really, honestly. Every single day, I, I try to take 15 minutes right before I go to practice and, and read the Bible. You know, I, I tried to get into that, but the books, more of that is on leadership. And obviously that's how we started as a leadership deal for us. But more than anything, what we've gone to as a staff is we pick three D one 
programs uh, a fall and we go and watch, uh, you know, our booster club will pay for us to stay in a room and, and that type of uh, deal. And we'll go watch them practice two or three days. Wow, and this, awesome. um, we've been very lucky that we go to two of the same programs every year and they allow us in their office. They allow us right there with them on the field. And it's, you know, you're getting great ideas, hands on being right there. And, and that's been the biggest resource for us in the last three years when we started that is just playing during the fall, going to D1 programs that we respect and that uh, they're going to do it the right way in our mind and just trying to learn from them. Oh, I really like that idea. And, and I may be doing something similar. That that sounds like it would be an awesome time. And Oh, it is. You know, I would tell you the other resource for me is I've been lucky enough to be involved with USA Baseball the last cool. 10 years too. Yeah. You know, they, they've been around those type of coaches all the time. That That's, you know, you're going to learn a lot. Very cool. Very cool. Well, I, I, this is my favorite question just because, again, it, it directly involves the kids and it's something that I can hopefully implement tomorrow. But what's something you guys do in practice that your kids love? You know, um, I would say the biggest thing that, that our kids like doing is 21 outs because mm-hmm. it's so game simulated. Um, the other thing I would tell you is white, you know, and you you email me, I'll send you white and, and you'll probably fall in love with it too. It, it starts with a pitcher on the mound. He's got to throw throw to the uh, catcher that catcher rolls a bunt he throws it to first first baseman comes off uh fills a bunt that's thrown by another first baseman throws it to third third throws it to second they're turning two bad to first first back to the home then they throw the pitcher another bunt uh they got to throw it to first again first back to, to home and then the catcher has to throw it to second you got a back pick going to third <laughs> then they roll it again and and then at the end it's a rundown and that drill makes our kids excited because wow. we're they're on a uh, stopwatch and they want to beat their time every year. I mean, you know, every, every single time, mm-hmm. uh, no matter. And that's like I said earlier, we'll do all three teams with that. So varsity will go and they'll have their time and then JV will have their time and then ninth grade. And sometimes that ninth grade and JV team will be close to their times. You know, all of a sudden you got competition there, but you know, more than anything, I, I, I think the because we do everything, at game speed and game simulated that our kids get better because of that. So they enjoy that aspect of it. Wow. Head spinning a little bit right now. I hear you. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> no. I didn't mean for that to happen, but, no, but sorry. yeah, I have to, e- I have to email you the white series. That's really cool. No, that's, that's awesome. Well, well, coach Brown, I, I appreciate your time and, and I, I absolutely loved our conversation. It's it, you gave us really a, a comprehensive look into what you guys are doing at Parkview and, and I can't thank you enough, but is there anything else that you, you know, you'd like to tell our listeners before you go? You know, I would just tell you, you know, like I said, I, I've been lucky to be doing this for, I guess, 24 years now. And um, you learn a lot on the lo- along the way, you know, and if you're, you're, you're that young coach, uh, you're sitting at the ABCA, sit there and listen, listen to guys that you want to be around and, and see what they have to say. Don't, don't always try to be the guy that's always talking. You know, I would tell you, you know, you can learn a lot. I, I've learned a lot just through my years of going and sitting with an older coach. And I would just ask him a question like you're asking me a question per se and, and to see where, where he goes with it. And, um, you know, I, I would tell you that that's a great thing to do is just find find some older coaches that you respect and, you know, find out what they do. And, I, you know, that's a great thing. But more than that, you know, I, you know, this is a cliche per se, but you're trying to develop these guys into great men, young men and, and great husbands and great fathers. And, 
um, you know, I think that's huge. Um, something that we're going to this year is we're going to have a player of the day. And so basically it's going to go ABC order. And that, that first senior, he's going to start on uh, next Monday, not tomorrow, but next Monday. We're gonna, he's going to stand up in front of the entire program and do a quote, do a Bible verse, and tell us something about him that maybe some, you know, someone doesn't know. And that's going to make them a better person by standing in front of people and talking. You know, and then the other thing that we're going to go to that I learned from Jeff Seegers at Loganville, right down the road from us, is, is uh, he talked about it in our state clinic this year, is how they have Get to Know Your Players Day once a week, and they're going to they're gonna put two coaches with the seniors, two coaches with the juniors, two coaches with the uh, sophomores, and two coaches with the uh, ninth graders, and just say, hey, man, how's your day going today? You know, what, how's home? How, how, how's this? You know, what, what can we be doing better for you as a player and um yeah i think that's going to go a long way for us no i love that and and you know before you go if you don't mind uh what are some ways to get in contact with you if any of our coaches would like to uh you know our our twitter is uh pv baseball georgia uh i got a twitter chan brown 25 uh you can look at parkviewbaseball.com or you can email me chan brown 25 at gmail.com my phone number is 404 Two four five four zero four zero. Call me anytime. Uh, love baseball. Love doing what what we just did for the last hour. Uh, I appreciate your time. I appreciate the opportunity to be doing something like this. And um, you know, hopefully, we get something to help people out. You know, that's what this game's all about. It's a passion thing for me. It's a love thing. I hope that uh, you're able to keep doing this for this, especially for high school coaches. And uh, what a great job you do. Thank you for listening to Ahead of the Curve. Before you go, I'd love to be able to get in touch with you, and we have several different ways of doing so. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at AOTC underscore podcast. You can join the AOTC Coaches Facebook group. And if you want to be a part of the mini clinic emails, both of those links are listed below. If you enjoyed the show, please consider leaving us a rating or review to help others find and stay ahead of the curve.